Jen Smith-Nelson, you are an award-winning travel writer, photographer, author, and the superstar behind the website Travel and Happiness. Thank you so much for taking the time today to join me on the Fact Up podcast. Nice to be here. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. <laughs> I have a quote for you. Quote, another soul on a happiness mission, end quote. Explain that to me and... Talk to me about how you're living your best life these days. Well, that quote I put up on my website years and years ago when I had first started it. And I was going through a really challenging period of my life where I was really looking for not an escape, but things that just made my soul happy and fulfilling, my life fulfilling. And some of those things were really simple things. And I have found that during this time, um, of strange times during COVID, those things have been the, the, the key pieces that have brought me the most happiness. And very simply, time with my children, you know, being present, um, time to focus on myself and my, and my health, and really just getting in touch with the nature around me. Because there's so much beauty that surrounds us, no matter where we are, we just have to open our eyes to it. And so I've continued to do that during COVID. Absolutely. And, and sidebar question, uh, over the past year, what, what have you found to be more challenging? Um, you know, fourth grade math or, or packing for an exotic trip? <laughs> Certainly having two, I have a preteen and a teenager in the house, two boys, and getting them through school while working from home full time, because I have a day job as well, right. um, has been the greatest challenge by far. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you and Doug O'Neill, uh, another esteemed uh, travel writer, uh, teamed up to write and publish uh, 110 nature hotspots in Manitoba and Saskatchewan in April 2019. That must seem like a long time ago, based on what we've collectively been through these days. Why is that a book everyone should be picking up, especially Canadians? Um, it's a book that... <sighs> encourages you to see beyond Highway 1 when you drive through Saskatchewan and Manitoba, which is what most people do is they drive that number one highway and they see the flatlands and the prairies and they really don't think beyond that. So I think for Canadians who are looking for different travel experiences, they'll find them in both Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Um, it's been nice actually over this last period because it's kind of had a resurgence in my own province. It does feel like a lifetime ago. It was only two years ago. But I've been seeing it pop up on some of the chat groups recently that people are like re-exploring the book and taking some of the trips because they're close to home. So that's what it was intended to do is to get people traveling within Saskatchewan and for outsiders to learn um, about the wonderful spots in both provinces. What's the appeal of the Canadian prairies and prairie life? And do you feel that, you know, I mean, it's overlooked, you know, why is it so overlooked amongst Canadians, especially, especially for, for us who... Uh, love to brag about how awesome our country is. So two-part question, the appeal of the Canadian prairies and, and, its, and its lifestyle, number one. So I would say the diversity found on the Canadian prairies is one of the uh, most misunderstood um, aspects to them. There's incredible different uh, geographical areas from sand dunes and waterfalls to aspen forests, boreal, and then you've got, you know, uh, grasslands down in the south. And then if you look at 
Manitoba, it's got this incredible Arctic um, component, you know, with polar bears and blue bears. I just think there's so much more um, to the eye when it comes to the prairies. And you might just have to look a little bit more than you're used to. And I think that's what people, like I said, it's just really getting off that number one and getting beyond the hay bales and the farmer's lands, which is also part of the appeal too. So the second part is there's so much beauty in that. Um, wide open space is something that people aren't really used to if they're coming from those bigger centers or even looking to go, you know, on a mountain holiday. It's, it's a very different feeling. And for some people, it's quite unsettling. And for others, they feel like a real sense of freedom, like I do. Has it been an ideal place in the world, much less the country, to um, persevere through something like a global pandemic, seeing that there's such a wide open space where you can wander freely and not fear much as far as like coming into contact with as many people? Or does it work the opposite way? Is it, is the, is the open spaces a little bit more of a, a down point during a time like this? Um, I think it's been more of a benefit because we were still able to do some travel within the province. There's a lot of places to go and they're definitely not as crowded as say is going to a Jasper or a Banff. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to camp throughout all of last summer. I went to four, three or four different provincial parks and had all the space I needed. Um, and again, the trails weren't bustling, but I would say it has been busier than ever um, out on the trails. And that's, that's fantastic because people are getting outside. But yes, I think that there is more space for us to, to get around. So it's been more of a benefit over this time. You know, from, from Toronto, I'll speak from a Toronto point of view, it, it, it feels like every time I've tried to plan a trip west, it's been cheaper to fly to Paris and London than it has been to Regina and Saskatoon. And if we're looking at just the money, you know, the average person will say, why would I want to go and see my own country, especially Saskatchewan or Manitoba? if I can spend less money and go to France or, or Portugal or Spain, how do you convince travelers to visit and experience the people, the indigenous culture, the culture in general, the air? How do you convince travelers within this country to experience the prairies for themselves? Tough, it's a tough question. question. I know it yeah, is. It is a tough question. And you're, you're, Bang on about the, the pricing for, for flights. It's the same for me to fly to a Quebec. I can easily go to France for cheaper. So I think it's the same for travel across Canada. If you're trying to um, convince people to spend their time here, we need to be outspoken about the types of experiences you can have. And they are so far ranging across this country. Um, the prairies, you know, included in that. So it's, it's really selling the hook of what you have to offer. You know, we have some bucket list experiences. I hate that term bucket list, but really we do. If you, if you were to get to the Athabasca sand dunes in Northern Saskatchewan, um, it's an incredible experience that you could only have really um, at that spot in Canada. It's the largest sand dunes um, in the Northern part of the hemisphere. So just, I think it's just seeing beyond um, the regular experiences, you know, the types of things we would expect in a city attractions and so on. And looking a little bit deeper at, at uh, for me, it's always about getting outside those types of experiences. And Canada is just so chock full of that. You know, it, it, growing up here and obviously being born here and being raised here, there was always, uh, there was always in the 80s, especially um, this, this idea of the humble Canadian 
we are unlike Americans who are very brash in your face. Uh, Canadians are a little bit more subdued and, you know, I would go ahead and say passive aggressive. Is it a, is it, is it a matter of changing the attitude here and becoming more brash, less humble in a Canadian way, where it's a little bit more in your face to people in Toronto, in Vancouver, in Calgary, in Montreal, to be maybe not so much Calgary because you guys are closer, but just generally the country in general, where it's like, hello, this is where it's at, and you should probably come here and be a little bit more brash. Is, is Canadian humility holding back Canadians from even knowing about the beauties of the prairies? Another tough question. I don't know that I would change that, actually. I, th I think that's part of our charm. And so I wouldn't change that approach. I do think there's work that can be done to grow our, our destination um, and our tourism regions. Absolutely. Especially on the prairies where it's definitely lesser known. Um, but I do think that you know, if you're going to get out and travel in Canada, you're going to get out and travel in Canada. It's not, I don't know that it's, Canada is a destination. So I think people are going to travel here regardless, but getting them to, you know, smaller provinces um, or overlooked provinces is definitely going to be an ongoing challenge unless we are more vocal about what types of experiences exist here. And we have a lot of people doing a great job. And I'd say over the past uh, five years, for sure, you know, with the help of influencers and bloggers and um, travel writers visiting the region, it's gained a lot more exposure and our destination um, regions, our tourism marketing regions have been doing a really good job of selling Saskatchewan and Manitoba. It's a part of the country, admittedly, I have not been to yet. And, and you're right, a lot of travel writers and, and videographers and, and photographers have, have uh, you know, thanks to Instagrams and the Twitters of the world, um, thankfully have shared their work. And it's just, you know, you're so, you're so used to seeing uh, international monuments and not, you know, local attractions as much. And so for me, it's, it's, it's certainly become a destination that I want to visit post COVID. If I could, I'd hop on a plane right now. <laughs> but we talk about, we talk about the popularity of the staycation and people can't wait to explore their own backyard. And many have already, uh, you know, as travel restrictions ease up, do you think that the staycation is something that will stay? Or do you feel like it was just um, a, a sort of matter of fact kind of saying when, in reality, a lot of people may just say, well, travel restrictions have eased. I'm bolting to Tahiti, I'm going to Fiji, and I'm going to Polynesia. Well, I think you'll see that for sure, because people are just itching to get away from where they are. They're, they're kind of tired of their own spots. I do think that they might stick around more than... I think they might. My short answer is I think they might, because people, I think, have been exposed to more than they probably ever have in their own regions and probably have enjoyed exploring their own spots. Um, I was going to ask like, what would bring you to Saskatchewan and Manitoba? What is the drawing factor for you? Like I always try and sell people on wildlife and the diversity, but I'd love to know. Myself. You yeah. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the unusualness of the destination, if that makes any sense. I feel like there's, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's a particular visitor that visits Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And it goes beyond this, this, I want to pose for Instagram, even though it's very Instagrammable. It goes beyond the superficiality. For me, it's about the people. For me, it's about Canadiana. It's about, it's about visiting a place that is completely out of my um, expectation zone and being pleasantly surprised at what I find, be it food, be it people. That's why I mentioned the air. The air might smell different. I want to experience that. Um, I want to experience what, what Canadians here are like. Uh, I want to see what brings people their joy. 
um, as opposed to here where it's, you know, oh, big city and, and by the lake. No, no, no. It's, it's something that I'm not used to seeing in Canada and I'd love to experience it. So the draw for me is um, a plethora of reasons. And, and among them, it's, it's, it's just the experience of living, man. I want to live. And if I want to see what life is like there, I'm fascinated. I'm in. Hands down. Well, I definitely need to come visit. I, you know, it's been said that people on the prairies are some of the most welcoming um, across Canada and warm. And so I, I stand by that and I will host you if you come visit and I will take you on <laughs> bird watching tours and wherever you need to go. I would, I would love that. And that's, I guess that's my, <laughs> that's my question, I guess. Is there a particular visitor that, that comes to uh, your part of the world, your part of the country that, um, you know, it, always wanted to come or are the visitors that come to Saskatchewan, Manitoba, uh, a little bit more of a, all right, what the hell I'm here. Uh, let's see. And then come away pleasantly surprised, wondering why they haven't been there sooner. I think it's more the latter. Unfortunately, I think it's more visiting family because a lot of people, uh, have family here. Um, and so they'll come and then they'll plan visits on top of it. But I would say, Maybe more so for Manitoba, they get a lot of people coming just for specific reasons. Um, and that really is that draw of like polar bear uh, season and beluga whales and that Arctic kind of adventure. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, but it, yeah, I would definitely say that people aren't flocking here just to see the prairies. That would definitely be um, something that'd be wonderful to be able to say, but I can't stand by that. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, right. even though I can speak from the rooftops but I feel like everybody I've spoken to about you know um, about the prairies always leaves the conversation saying you know what I really would like to check that out and when they do come they are always pleasantly surprised so that is that's the bonus you know you, you know your question intrigued me because I although the polar bears and the, and the whales are great and and one day I hope to see those as well it's it's the um it's it's the shopkeeper that's been there for 50 years supporting his family that's who I want to meet yeah. It's, it's the, it's the local destination food that you must try in Saskatoon. It's, um, you know, it, it, it's the nuance of a destination that I really love. And, and I feel the people behind that nuance is really what makes an experience. I always say, you know, if you go to a restaurant, you're going to, you, you might not remember the meal, but you'll, you'll remember the experience. You remember the waiter, the waitress. Uh, and I feel like you, you just said it like a, a lot of soul in that part of the country. And that's what I'd love to experience. But as far as COVID, what was your last trip before this, this madness set in? And is there, is there a place in your home province of Saskatchewan that speaks to you the most, that brings you the most zen? My last trip was to an all-inclusive in Mexico with my boys um, because we were stir crazy. And that was January, 2021. I feel fortunate that we got to go. Actually. Just made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just made the cutoff. So we had a trip that year and it was a, it was a good trip. Um, and I was actually supposed to return to Mexico that week that everything shut down. So yeah. darn it. I love Mexico. Mexico is a great place to visit and I get there as often as I can. But, um, the second part of your question was at home. Where yeah. would I, where do I feel the most Zen? Where do you feel um, the most at home and where do you, where do you find your most Zen in, in you know, near home? Well, if you haven't noticed, I talk a lot about wildlife and getting outside and, and nature and landscapes. So where I feel the most zen would be Grasslands National Park, and that is southwest um, Saskatchewan. And I'm not too far from it. I'm about four and a half hour drive. So we like 
at home here, that's like my backyard. So a four and a half hour drive, I don't blink at that. So <laughs> I will, I'll just be like, I'm gonna go this weekend. They have an open spot. I'm just gonna take off and go camping. Right. Um, and it's immensely um, open and there's not a lot there. You know, there's a, there's some authentics and some teepees to sleep in, which are great. And you can, you can tent and camp there, but you're gonna be doing a lot of walking um, through, a, you know, a grassland region. Um, so it, for some that doesn't sound appealing, but it's one of the darkest places you'll find um, on earth. And so the stars, the Northern lights appear, you know, it's, it's magical at night and there's so much wildlife there. So it's, it's just fascinating. You don't think you'll see much cause it's so open and you see so much. It's just incredibly rich. If, if you're, if you're listening and watching to this and you're not sold by just that, <laughs> to visit uh there's an issue <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't even get into what wildlife like there is roaming bison and deer and coyotes and every type of bird species you can imagine it's just it's so incredible and a lot of people don't even know about it within our own province so that is one of the places i speak probably the most about and it's it is probably one of canada's most undervisited national parks and it's probably one that has one of the bigger payoffs you know, uh, after this podcast, even during, uh, if you're not following this lady on uh, on social media, especially Instagram, you'll miss out on incredible photos of wildlife, including birds. Where did your fascination with birds come from? Well, I'm going to give somebody some kudos here. My ex-husband actually introduced me to wow, bird okay. watching. Yeah. Um, his grandfather used to be a bird watcher and take him on a drive down to this area. Um, not far from here. It's about 30 minutes. It's a valley and go for like the annual bluebird migration. And so he, he took me on that a few times and we drive by sloughs and look at ducks and, you know, um, slowly I became the one that was very fascinated with bird watching. And he kind of, yeah, he kind of left it behind and I picked it up. So I've kind of continued on that tradition with my boys taking them on that annual bluebird drive. And I've only just become more in love with birds every year um, since then honestly. And I, I travel, I'll travel for birds. Like it's incredible. Um, you know, you don't have to go to, um, Point Pelee, even though it's a great destination. You don't have to go to that area of Canada. That's like a bird watching capital. We have like 350 species more or uh, 350 species plus of birds that come through Saskatchewan because we're a major, uh, migratory flyover zone. And they come to nest here. So they come to have all their babies. So we get, we get them at their best time. I like to say. It's hard to not be a birder then, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you're a, you're a you're a travel writer. You're you're also a mom. You mentioned you a, a couple of a couple of uh, kids. Um, travel's been a big part of their lives for years as well. Uh, on your uh, on your website, you mentioned um, you know that you hope that through travel, your kids gain that that confidence, that independence, that empathy. And why is empathy a big one for you? Um. Empathy and appreciation just for that larger world outside of their bubbles. And so, you know, empathy for wildlife, empathy for humanity, empathy for, you know, um, the environment. I just, I want them to have a sense of appreciation and gratefulness for what we have around us and what they've been exposed to. And I think they're, they are quite grateful for those experiences. Um, my one son was so, I don't know, moved by our, our visit 
to Whistler a few years back. He, that's all he still talks about. He's moving to Whistler at 18. He's going to become a guide on a mountain and he's going to cool. live his life there. And he's, you know, travel impacts them when they feel like they've gotten to a place where it feels like home. I, you know, it's, it sticks and has an impression on them. So I just want them to know that it's a bigger world out there and they should be um, adventurous and curious and, and want to see it. What life lessons do you feel you've learned from traveling and that you find yourself using on a day-to-day basis? Um, Definitely gratitude for what I have at home. Um, I've traveled to a lot of destinations that are um, not as fortunate and aren't as privileged as, you know, the things I'm exposed to and able to to have and see. I've learned a lot about happiness that way, what what it takes to make you happy. And so that's something I, I, I really take with me. And I think I've leaned on more than ever without the ability to travel is um, just that gratitude for life and, and looking at things through a different lens and uh, just being so cognizant of, of the good fortune I have at home. And it, I mean, the ability to travel in itself is such a privilege. So. Um, we have to just, uh, look at our own lives and just be like, this is fantastic too. You know, I have access to, to food and water and I have a roof over my head and I have great family and support. So I think it's just given me the biggest sense of, of gratitude for uh, the life that I'm able to lead. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, rapid fire. I'm going to ask you some 10, I'm going to ask you 10 questions. There's nothing rapid about it. I know you're taking a drink. I can see it from the corner of my eye. There's nothing to be uh, alarmed at. Take your time. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. You I feel are... like you've been rapid fire already. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> you are a landscape enthusiast, a wildlife lover, especially a bird lover, as we've discussed. Is there a single word that comes to mind to describe the feeling you get when you're outside capturing a moment and doing what you love? A single word. Now that's tough. I feel like such an influx of emotion all the time. Um, I don't know. Take your time. We can come back to it. We could do like pass and we can come back to it later. Okay, pass. <laughs> what, what do you miss the most about travel? Newness newness exposure to new people new food new culture newness what don't you miss about travel the travel to get there um i'm i mean i don't i love a good road trip but flying i can give or take right okay rank your favorite seasons in saskatchewan in order spring fall summer winter okay so alternate boom 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 you're jumping <laughs> I, don't, I love winter. So I should just say like, I don't, I'm not a winter hater at all. Um, I'm an enthusiast, but the, the spring fall is the bird watching season. Right. It's migration season. So. Right. Bigger travel pet peeve over bookings or trying to connect with airline customer service to explain <laughs> the overbooking. <laughs> the second part. I, oh, getting through to somebody is just like the worst and then you get through and it's never a good resolution ever. I've never had a good experience. <laughs> you have. <laughs> no, I swear I haven't. I, I've been very unlucky that way. Oh, no, that's not true. I can remember one good time. 
Okay, I'd love to hear that. Thank you, WestJet. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Booted off an Air Canada flight after it was very late. I think it was like 17 hours after the original flight. Get to Calgary. It's from Las Vegas. It was supposed to be one tiny little direct flight home to Regina. And this happens so much on the prairies. So we are really just not fortunate having the amount of flights you guys, you know, are privy to. Um, so I get stuck in Calgary and they lose my luggage and they won't get me home. <laughs> so I don't know how I convinced WestJet to do it, but they allow me to get a flight through them. Like, right. Um, I, I didn't pay for it. Like they're like, we'll, we'll take you home. I think Air Canada actually covered it. They're like, I, they're probably so annoyed with my whining at the airport. I must've been very convincing. Right. I can't remember how I did it, but, um, WestJet gets me on a plane, finds my luggage and puts me in first class and just, you know, feeds me wine and food on the way home. And it was just bliss. That is the only time. What do the kids say these days? That's the, the <laughs> unicorn of experiences right there. <laughs> oh, God, a shot glass. Give me a shot glass of wine and a front row seat, and I'm a happy girl. <laughs> That's awesome. One dish every visitor should try when visiting Saskatchewan. Pierogies. Pierogies. I've heard that. <laughs> if I Saskatoon. Could... Go to, I mean, we can get it anywhere, but there's Baba's Pierogies in Saskatoon. Yes, they have a drive-through. Oh, you're talking my language. <laughs> <laughs> what piece of advice you, do you wish someone gave you five years ago? Regards to travel, like life. <laughs> general, general life, general life advice that you wish you got. In slow hindsight, down. Slow, down. slow down. Yeah. That, I mean, this has allowed for me to just actually slow down and, and love life even more and love myself even more. And it's just kind of that blessing in disguise that I, I didn't know I need. Do you find that that comes with age too? Maybe, maybe it's just a happy coincidence um, <laughs> that, you know, we've had this long break, but I don't know if it comes with age. I have never been good at slowing down. And let me tell you, I still pack in a lot, but it is nothing compared to what I was doing two years ago. And when I think about the pace I was living and um, what I was trying to get through in a day, I can never go back to that. Um, I just love, I love so much just having more time to process things and slow down and eat and actually cook. I never cook. So I have been cooking and meal planning. And that is just, that is so huge for me. I can't even tell you, like I actually make a shopping list. I put up a menu for the week and I have never been this organized. It's, it's actually amazing. That's pretty cool. How many times have you made sourdough bread? Never. Really? No, I'm not that ambitious. <laughs> no, also, also, I'm not a baker and I'm not a big bread person. So I, right. I never jumped on that bandwagon. I gotcha. If you were to customize your meals on a flight, what would those meals look like? Mm. And that could be now what you've made, uh, favorite food from around the world, favorite food from, from your own backyard, but on the a flight. One? Okay, though unlikely to be decent on a flight, I would love to just have sashimi, just like fresh fish every time. Uh, yeah, not, not plain sashimi. And I don't, no. care, I don't care who's watching from what airline, no plain sashimi. No plain sashimi, like, yeah, just some nice West Coast sashimi. Yeah. Oh, fresh. Yes. If you could spend a day in someone else's shoes, whose shoes would they be and why? Um, probably David Attenborough. I just oh. love to live life, um, 
through his eyes and go on the adventures he's had over the years. I'd love to have his narration style. <sighs> I think most of us would. <laughs> and it's just such a calming voice. Like there's, yeah, definitely. Why travel? Why travel? To widen your scope of understanding of the world around you. Excellent. You're a landscape enthusiast, a wildlife lover. Back to the first question, especially a bird lover. Is there a single word that describes the feeling you get when you're outside, capturing a moment and doing what you love? Jubilation. Jubilation. I scored. Jen Smith Nelson, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today on the Fact Up podcast. It is, uh, I feel like this was overdue. Um, you are uh, a beacon of inspiration and, and happiness. And I, um, if I could have uh, even 30 minutes with you to be able to share that with the world, uh, it's been my honor. So thank you so much for taking the time today. And I wish you and your family well. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity. And same to you, Jim. Take care. Thank you. You too.